Hi everyone, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's Andy alongside James as usual. James, everything all right? Yeah. <laughs> Thrilled to be here, aren't you? I really am. Um, yeah, it's great to see your face, Andy. And I'd like to just also point out, I found this as we're finishing up our podcast, which you might recall is <laughs> Perriman and his signed mistake for my my son decided to order for a hundred quid. Yeah. Um, but ironically, I found that, and then I looked at my phone, and we re-signed him to our practice squad. So welcome home. <laughs> I I was just about to say I was saying it, say it anyway, but I was literally about to say James, that's bigger than I expected. Which sounds a bit weird, or you know, yeah, when yeah. people can't see what you're pointing. I'll put it away now, Andy. It is. It's bigger. It's more impressive than I than I expected. It's better now. It's on the wall, isn't it? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only thing on the wall. You haven't, even, you haven't taken that photograph out of the frame, out of the packaging it came in. Well, I keep kidding myself that he's going to excel at the NFL level at some point, and it might be worth something. Um, and to be honest, I never wanted it, Andy. I, I like to say, I decided to order a £99 signed photo of Perriman in UCF colours, which is the only good thing about it, to be honest. And I didn't even like, play for him until, until this arrived. I was like, oh, that's UCF. Oh, Oh, he actually played for them. That's nice of him. So, yeah, if anyone wants to buy one, um, they're actually going for £45 on eBay now. But um, just to ex- exclude that, if you want to offer me 80 quid, I'll let you have it. And can you guarantee that it's his autograph, James? Um, I think this has actually come from Fanatics. So, Ooh. yes, I think there is something in the back. Um, does this mean that basically I'm best friends with him, doesn't it? Yeah, it might as well. Yeah. I might keep it then. And if to be honest, if we do get to the Super Bowl, which is a big if right now, I could just imagine him catching the winning the winning touchdown, which would then put this up to about £45. So, yeah. I love the way I keep pointing to it. No one <laughs> can see what I'm pointing at, but there we go. It looks very nice. Yeah, James is thrilled to be here because he's got so much to say. And to be fair, it's quite, you know, it's refreshing in some ways for other people. We don't get to hear from you on the back of a defeat very often. So I just love so the fact that ever since we started this podcast, the Bucks are apparently good. If you'd have done this like any earlier than this last season, you'd have heard me miserable every week. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Well, as always, we have a guest on with us this season and tonight is no different. We're joined by Jordan Merritt, who is a Seattle Seahawks fan. Jordan, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you having me on. I, I, I wish you would have picked a winning week, but we haven't had many anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're always going to be a losing week at the moment hey look we phoned up russ and we said when are you back mate and he gave us the heads up and he just dropped a video which ended up going viral and we thought well this is the time to get jordan on yeah at least you haven't got to talk about gino <laughs> not anymore well, gino, gino made it close in the other games didn't he then <laughs> well yeah let's not get into that debate <laughs> bring back gino tell <laughs> tell us jordan i'll tell i'll tell the listeners rather um how long you've been into the nfl and how he got into it it's a really, really daft story, to be honest with you. Like, um, I used to work night shifts at the place I'm working now, and it was like the first shift were Monday night at 10 o'clock. And I needed to stay up on Sunday as late as possible <laughs> so, I could, <laughs> so I could go to sleep and I got enough sleep. Like, so obviously, hopefully, get up about mid morning, Monday or like dinner time. Normal football, obviously, soccer for American listeners, finished quite early. So I needed something to watch. I just shoved it on. And I started kind of getting into it. Like for the first two years, I didn't get, I didn't know what was going on, but I just watched it. I think it was 2008, and that's when I decided I was going to 
probably Seattle because I think that was the first game I watched. I think they were against 49ers and they won. And I thought these are all right, and it turned out they, it were a four and twelve season, so they weren't all right. So <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear that I did on the bandwagon when Seattle were good when Pete Carroll came along. <laughs> so I just to make that clear, and then um, yeah, just got more into it over the years, and now it's my main sport really. You know, even over even over soccer now. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I think that shift's happened for a lot of people, hasn't it? Um, well, well, we'll get stuck in then and see see what we think about this week's games just gone. I mean, last week we, we talked about how there were some pretty wild results. And this week started off pretty much in the same vein. Dolphins getting that shock win over Baltimore. James, we've given that... Well, we've given the Dolphins all manner of shit um, <laughs> in all aspects of the game, but particularly their defence that kind of turned up last year and then has been non-existent this year but it stepped up massively it kept that kept that uh, Ravens defence to less than 100 rushing yards offence rather uh, yeah who saw this coming I don't I, don't, I mean when I woke up the next day you know you kind of look at fantasy leagues for me when it, when it's two teams like this I was like okay well, fantasy how did Mark Andrews do and, and I started looking at it and you know you get, I don't know if it's the same with you but it was Sleeper I get all the notifications. So I was looking, I was going, there's not many notifications here. I've got Lamar in a couple of leagues. This is a bit weird. But even then, I still thought they won. And then, yeah, and then I just saw the scoreline. I don't, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I watched the highlights. But um, given what I've read and seen bits and pieces, fantastic for the Dolphins. This was the team we all thought was going to turn up this year. So I'm pleased for them. Um, I also was quite annoyed because two got, like, last minute, they was going to go. Uh, Brissett, so I started taking him out of some teams when he actually did all right when he came in. But um, yeah, I'm pleased for the Dolphins fans. They're not got much to cheer about, and that's a that's a great win to be fair. Certainly is, yeah. And uh, come on, Jordan, we everybody gets their turn at this. Um, <laughs> this is what we do on this show, and, and especially given that you're as knowledgeable knowledgeable as you are about college football, um, you have to give us your two or take because every every guest does. Um, I don't hate him. I don't. I don't dislike him. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's, he's such a nice guy. And he's like I'm one of them people that like. I, I can't give slander to people, even coming out of college, because obviously these guys work so hard, you know, to get to to the next level. And so I'm never going to be one that like overly criticizes someone. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that pushes Dolphins to, to playoffs and things like that but he's not there is worse quarterbacks out there for sure I always find left-handers weird as well you know like it doesn't seem like that they can do as much with the borders of other people it seems everything's what about smaller American football, though, mate? <laughs> <laughs> in general it just seems like everything's slower and like it's just less processed but mm. yeah I think there is worse quarterbacks but I just can't see him taking the Dolphins further and to be fair that sounds harsh isn't it? because obviously he hasn't the offensive lines are horrible you know that mm. he hasn't had much help either so it'd be interesting to see if he did have the help what he could do but for me I'm I'm, I'm I suppose I am being on I'm, I'm on the bench <laughs> but I really I'm not really saying I'm <laughs> not really saying I like him or not but I just yeah if I had to it's, be pushed I'd say I don't think he would be able to push any team to the next level but he's Better than some. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the fact you started off, you said you don't hate him. Was <laughs> he said it? James, I don't know whether you remember. I'm really, I'm really glad Jordan made one of the points he did there. Can you remember when I, was it the London game and I, we were talking about their game and 
Because it, was, it must have been before that. And I just said this. I find something weird about his throwing action. Mm. And I thought, am I, am yeah. I just mad? But somebody else has mentioned that kind of thing. Yeah, I think the left-handedness definitely is a big part of that, though, because like Dylan Gabriel in college, I mm. generally absolutely love him. But it feels like it takes about three hours for him to throw the ball. But when he does, and as long as he doesn't get hit, it's like he's on the he's on the button. But it does feel like the mechanics. But it's partly because we're just not. I think it's our eyes processing it. But yeah, I think there is something to that with Tua. Like he's since he's been in the NFL, he's always under pressure. But it feels like his arm. It just doesn't feel the most fluid thing, or certainly not consistently. But but to be honest, I think going off the back of what Jordan said, it's kind of hard to judge. He's in as bad a situation as anyone. He's got no running game. His line is as bad as any. Most quarterbacks will not succeed, other than maybe Deshaun Watson, who's had similar issues in some form with um, the Texans. But, you know, a lot of things have to fall right for you to do that week in, week out. And I think, too, has had his injuries. You know, I, I think he's. I'd love to see him in a situation where he's got a good line, a, a run game, and a couple of weapons who stay fit. Because even like, it's, like Jordan says, he might not be great to take teams to the next level, which he should be where he's picked. But he could definitely be good enough in, in the right team. And he's just, uh, when are we ever going to get to see that? It might be too late. Because this Dolphins team is done for this year. They might get rid of him next year. And I just don't see his career could be over before he even really gets a chance to begin. Now, it's strange though, isn't it? Because when, when we talked about them um, pre-Ravens game, we said, you know, Baltimore game aside, after that, because they won't win that, they've got some, <laughs> they've got some, you know, on paper winnable games, but do they want those winnable games now that they're in the position they're in and they could, you know, conveniently kind of tank the rest of the season, but then they go and win the hardest one of the lot, so... No, this NFL season is absolutely nuts. <laughs> you can't work it out. No. Um, we can go through, there's some games like there always seems to be at the minute that don't require as much attention, fairly one-sided affairs. Um, started off with the Cowboys against the Falcons. Uh, that game very quickly became how many points are the Cowboys going to score? <laughs> that was over within like the first quarter, wasn't it? I, I saw a lot of people building up saying, well, Matt Ryan knows the defence because of... So, in my head, I was processing it that if anyone knows Matt Ryan's game who and how to probably work on his weaknesses, it was going to be, obviously, the ex-head coach of the Falcons. So, I wasn't... I mean, 43-3, that's just... It's just a Falcon week. I'm, I'm, I've, I, there's nothing else me saying. The Falcons are just... Who knows what the Falcons are? Fair play to the Cowboys, though. They bounce back. Neither that. <laughs> yeah, they were... They were very, very good. And um, put this one to, to you, John, with Dallas. I mean, the last thing I suppose a lot of people were looking at, um, non-Dallas fans were looking at and thinking they don't need any more firepower, but then they've got Gallup back as well. That's a scary offence, isn't it? it? It probably is my most favourite offence in, in the NFL, watching it or something. I, I, I wanted to see how they came back this week's. Because it's 17 games, you're going to have a couple of games out here where you're just not yourself. And they mustn't they just weren't myself last week. You, you come up against schemes where it just doesn't suit how you play sometimes. Maybe you're just not on it. And that's what it, it seemed like against Broncos because they've come back and fired. And it's like you said, Michael Gallup comes back and Cedric Wilson drops out. Cedric Wilson steps up and he, he was doing fantastic. You know, they've got everyone keeps criticizing Zeke. And I still think he's having a good season. Obviously, it's, it's not the numbers that he's, he's had, he had at the start, but he's still doing really well. You've got Tony Pollard. It's just where you've got two tight ends in Schultz and um, I forget the other guy's name, but it's just, it's just scary. It really is scary. Isn't it? You know, it's it's 
pick your poison. It's like I know, like James was mentioning betting before we came on. It's like you wouldn't want to pick who's getting a touchdown, would you, each week for for Cowboys because you wouldn't know where it could go anywhere. No. No, I wish I'd go to Amari Cooper. Exactly. <laughs> I fell foul of that at the weekend. I, I felt good about him in that game. But um, I, I was going to actually ask about C.D. Lamb because every week, he, he, it seems like he performs every week. But and I, I suppose I'm talking from a, a Justin Jefferson viewpoint because he's talked about as much as he is and now Chase has talked about as much as he is. Lamb never seems to get... The, the kind of attention that other guys get, yet he still performs every week. I remember coming into this year, there was also people saying that he's due, like he'll be a breakout player, as if he had a bad year last year. It was, it was more than more than good. I mean, it wasn't Chase level, it wasn't Justin Jefferson. That's the problem. If you're comparing it to that one or two guys at the top, then. But he was more than good enough, and the difference is he's not needed. He's not the only guy in this offense. So like Chase. He's not the only guy in that Bengals offense, but the way they're playing it, he is. He's the main guy that they keep throwing it to. And, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Feelings, me and Andy, we both always say how great we love him, but he's a really good receiver, but he's not like one that's just going to get the ball all the time. So, uh, yeah, CeeDee Lamb's having a, he's having another very good season, but it, it does feel like it's going under the radar. And he's sort of playing a little bit injured. So, yeah, he's having a fantastic season. But I felt he had really good season last year too. So I didn't quite understand that. Yeah, their, their pass cap, their catching options with uh, it was Blake Jarwin, I think he is out at the minute, but Schultz as well to add to the receivers are just ridiculous. Um, there's another blowout. Patriots put an absolute spanking on the Browns. Um, what we said last week about the Browns, they might struggle. They'd know Chubb again, um, but Patriots without their two first choice backs as well. Um, and Stevenson stepped up 100 yards, two touchdowns clean, non-ankle-breaking performance from Mac Jones this week as well, which is good. <laughs> Their defence is just stout every week. Um, don't know. I mean, all very, very promising from a Patriots team that were expected just to be like, meh. I think Jordan made a point just now where he said that schemes, certain schemes fit a certain situation. I do feel like probably this game really did suit the way the Patriots played. Um, but yeah, it was dominant from start to finish. Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's still, I know he's playing a little bit hurt, so it's a little bit unfair sometimes the amount of grief he does get. But if you're Cleveland, this is the most important thing right now because you're coming up to contract talks. I don't think he, he hasn't signed a contract, has he? I don't think he has. I don't remember hearing about it now. I mean, you know, we know he's more of a game manager than like a, a guy that's going to win, put teams on his back. But what do you do if you're Cleveland? Because I just feel like he. He's almost, well, he's worse, I think, than a Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Um, I mean, maybe I'm always being harsh. I'm not a big fan, but I like his guts. I like how hard he wants to win. Uh, he definitely fits the mould of a Browns quarterback, but he's not good enough in my eyes. Like he, He's okay. He's serviceable. If you've got everything around you, the defence is good. You've got your running game, Nick Chubb, he will be fine. But if you haven't got Nick Chubb, this happens. Um, more, Jordan, from your point of view, like I, you can't just turn your back on a, on your quarterback that you drafted I mean the Bucks did but obviously they had Brady but but outside that like what do you do because obviously you know what it's going to be like he's going to get top money for four or five years and that could end up hurting the Browns going forward I think you were right with um, what you said about him. like if you've got everything going for you he's, he's fine and stuff but as soon as you lose a piece and for me Nick Chubb's a massive piece I absolutely love Nick Chubb you know he's he's up there with like Derek Henry you know numbers with, with less carries you know like I think you're only 200 yards behind 
Derek Henry with, I think it was like about 70 or 80 less carries and stuff. You know, he's, he's such a good running back. And as soon as you take him out, and obviously Kareem Hunt's not there either, as soon as you take them out, you, you rely on the passing game more because obviously, I think it's Dearness Johnson, is it, that, that came in for him? And when you watch him, and I know he had a good game when he first came in a few weeks back, but when you're running the ball and you're, not, you're, you're only getting a couple of yards and you're putting it in Baker's hand on second and third long, yeah. Obviously, there's not. He's got. Yeah, he's got a decent, you know, um, receiving call there. You know, you know, tight ends. And Joker was a good receiver. And mm-hmm. Just being off, and like you say, there is a point where he is playing injured and stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm same as you, James. I'm just not. I won't buy into him too much. And obviously, with his money coming up, I think um, bills were fantastic. They came in and just paid Josh Allen straight away, and they've set set that bar up for them. They've got, you know, if they would have paid Baker or Lamar would have paid, you know, earlier and Josh, Josh Allen's been paid a lot. So it's, well, it's been interesting to see what the Browns do going forward. Obviously, he's not on Josh Allen's money, but where, where do you go? How much are you going to pay him now? It's, it'll be interesting and that could be a standoff there between them both. And I can see Baker not being happy with what they offer him. <laughs> yeah, I can too. <laughs> yeah, watch this space. I mean, <clears throat> touched on it before that, but the other quarterback in that game, Mac Jones, interesting to see him getting some praise from a, unusual quarters earlier today. It was uh, Tyron Matthew, I believe yeah, it was, who was kind of shouting out saying, you know, just because he doesn't do he doesn't do these sidearm passes and he doesn't do this, he, you know, pe- people have been sleeping on him and, the, you know, the lad can play. I think that's pretty evident that he can. I mean, when you look at the rookies who've come in this year, he's just been more than... Um, and no one expected even this, I wouldn't have said, from... I don't know. It's a weird one with him. He was he was very good in college. It, the problem mm. is because Mac Jones isn't a type who runs around like he's running around going, oh, I can run past people. Like it feels like any quarterback that's more of a statue in the pocket, who's more of a pocket passer, will be seen as, oh, he could be good, but he's you know he's not yeah. going to be elite level. And he's the thing is he proved at college level that he <coughs> is. You get a bit of protection, and you've got a, p- a few people around him. He's more than good enough. You know, he's. He, I feel like he, you can't keep comparing it, but it does feel like it's an element of Tom Brady, bit of game manager. You know, he's he's smart. He, he maybe doesn't always throw the ball. He'll throw it away or take the sack. He's you know he's not going to turn over the ball a lot, and that fits the Patriots perfectly. They like the run run the ball. They like they like dominating possession. So he's perfect for them. It's just a perfect situation all round. But yeah, I, I I'm not blown away by him. But he also helps that he wasn't in that sort of top 10 pick um or you know in the top three or four quarterbacks taken so yeah he's coming for that place but i mean compared to like justin herbert last year i mean yeah he's not that good so so <laughs> i think it helps that he's a bit easy you know, he's in this rookie class that has had a lot of struggles yeah. um but yeah there's no doubt about it he's been he's been good he's been very good and for him where he's at and you know people didn't expect that much from him he's definitely done a good job fan of the mac jordan the Mac. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think um, I think James is spot on. I think he's just in the right situation, you know, in the, the right place. You know, if he would have gone to many other places, I don't think it would have worked out. But New England like like running backs, and it works out for him, you know, with the short passes and stuff. He can throw the ball long; he's he's capable of it. But when you don't, you don't need to. You, I mean, you don't have to. But we saw with Mahomes and stuff how much he relies on that long ball. He's not he's not really wanting to throw short balls, and people have played schemes in defence against you know against that so he is throwing short and he just 
doesn't like that game. Matt Jones will throw shot all you want. Well, Bill Belichick will make sure he'll throw shot <laughs> all he wants. Yeah. And, stuff. And, I, and I will say the Patriots, is they get they probably will if they get to the playoffs. It seems like one of them years where a veteran coach, a veteran quarterback like Brady maybe a, 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 a could go all the way because it's a it's a silly season, isn't it? Let's, let's be honest, it nothing makes sense at the moment. So it just feels like someone can go grab it in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone with some experience and Patriots, once they're there with that defence as well. Imagine Patriots books. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Worryly, I'll probably take that right now, Jordan. Yes, <laughs> you would. Uh, just, I mean, we we said it when he was um, when he was drafted there, and it just felt, and even now, it feels like even more of a perfect fit for for him just to come up slowly and be managed as well as he's going to be managed. So, yeah, it's a really nice fit for them. Uh, Bills against the Jets, very one-sided affair. Uh, interesting quotes pre-game during the week. Mike White said prior <laughs> to this game that he should have been first overall pick when he was drafted four years ago. Um, that should be a lesson to people to just think twice before you go shouting your mouth off with silly statements like that. Because um, then you turned up and threw four interceptions and they got their ass kicked. Yeah, I didn't see that until after the game, but um, the fact that Josh Johnson outplayed him last week says it all anyway. But yeah, just keep your mouth shut, mate. You know, he, he I, I was listening to the outside, uh, not outside the huddle, it's us, um, <laughs> around the NFL podcast. Same, and they, same level. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're nearly as big as us now. Um, but they mentioned that um, sometimes with a backup quarterback, it's best just to play one or two games, preferably one, because you have one good game, and if you don't, you're not needed for the rest of the year. Everyone goes, "Oh, he's a good reliable backup," because this is the example of where teams start working, they see more tape, and then they, then this happens. So, yeah, we've seen enough of Mike right now. Let's move on. <laughs> but what about um, Jordan? What about? In terms of their, their season, is you know it is what it is. They're going to lose a lot more games, I'm sure. But in Michael Carter and Elijah Moore, there were two really bright spots there. We're starting to kind of show something week in, week out now. Yeah, and I'm always a fan of Elijah Moore, and, and um, it's not a surprise that he's doing well, even with even with bad quarterback play, you know. But one one thing I'm surprised with Michael Carter, like I, I thought he'd, he'd have a role going forward but I didn't realise how much of a role he'd have and how well he'd done you know obviously if you watch college in coming out of North Carolina I'm sure James remember Giovanni Williams we knew how good he fought didn't we we knew he was going to be good but Michael Carr I just thought I'm not too sure like, like I say he might have a role but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect big numbers and it, it surprised me to be honest with you he's like he's doing really well you know to, to say someone who looks undersized might be a bit harsh and stuff but he's not the biggest but he's he seems to plough through people like, like like he's quite big, and that's that's what surprised me really. I just didn't think he'd be able to take to the next level. But two, they've got some good pieces going forward, Jets, but they're going to need a lot more. You know, it's uh, you know, um, I, I'm just happy. I'm just happy. I'm not a Jets fan. There's always there's always, there's always something. You know, if your team's losing, you just look around and think it could be worse, couldn't it? It could be worse. <laughs> Yeah, the, like, the, the, that's what the Jets' purposes are these days, I think. That's that's just a slogan. That could be on a T-shirt. And I'm just happy I'm not a oh, Jets fan. There's Andy's new... Uh, <laughs> I'll make that one. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty routine, wasn't it, for the Bills? But more in general on them, um, they shared the offence around. They needed, you know, it was important they got back on track after the shock 
lost to the Jags, but they've lost three games so far. And they were a big Super Bowl contender for most people at the start of the season. Any change in your thoughts of, those, of that team, James? Um, the problem is, based on the last two or three weeks, I don't think I have any confidence in anyone. Um, so it's unfair to Daniel change my mind too much on the Bills just simply because I'm watching my team every week mess it up and I'm watching other teams mess it up in some form or another but I wasn't I mean obviously they just won this game and they blew away the Jets but it's the Jets and it, it felt like it was one of those Jets games where it was they just wasn't good so I can't even feel that comfortable that the Bills are back to back to normal because you know they had a good game Josh Allen had two passing touchdowns the rushing games they got they got it done in the red zone but you know, based on last week and then playing the Jets and beating them like this, it's like now we need to see you again in a couple of situations. So I still think they're there thereabouts, but I'm 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 not the the problem I find frustrating, the more more we do these podcasts out here, the more I listen to like other podcasts and you know, try and look up a little bit before we do these, is the narrative of like the media that a team wins a game by lows, they're like, Oh, they're Super Bowl favourites and then they lose a the game. It's like, Oh my god, they're not even gonna make the playoffs. It's just like <laughs> everyone has a bad day, everyone has a good day. So I feel like they're gonna be in a reckoning, but they have really got to worry about the Patriots because they're hitting form at the right time. They're one back because of their slip up last week and they've still got to play them twice. And we know even though they kind of got something over them last year, it wasn't the most convincing. So I think the Patriots are going to want to, they're definitely, if they're, they're obviously going to want to win the division, but they're going to want to get one back on the Bills and say, right, we're back. So this is not definite. I think they're in the playoffs, obviously, but I just, winning the division is not even guaranteed right now. Nice take. Now, Jordan, 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 <laughs> before we started recording, I said that the Packers Seahawks game was dreadful. Now, you know, in your defence, as a as a Seahawks fan, you said you enjoyed watching it to a point. Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from because it, I, I was up with the later games anyway because the Vikings were on late. And as much as I hate the Packers, the game was in, even when it was like three, uh, I think the Packers were three up for most of it, it was intriguing because it just could have gone, it was literally just could have swung either way with one big play. But from a Seattle point of view, they could have, it felt like they could have played for two days and that play <laughs> wouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was like like I said, it, it's for me it were it were interesting to watch just just because it was close for so long. It were we had no matter how bad you're playing in sport. I know what you're saying. They didn't look like we were going to score, but you always have a chance. And we did get into the end zone once, and we did, someone caught a ball in the end zone. Once. It just wasn't, it just wasn't one of our players, which I still don't understand how that passes interception. I'm not saying we would have won the game anyway, but the officiating was absolutely terrible. It was so in favour of the Packers at times. It were like they were a holding call like before the first half, and it came back when we were would have been in field goal range, and hopefully would have made it three three. Where the hold was where I can't remember which Packers play it was. It pushed um, Damien um, Price over and he bundled, he pushed him over and bundled him over and he got called for a hold when he was on the floor and he didn't even touch him over. He bundled him over and he tripped over him and got called for a hold and it came back and it was the half were ending. There were so many. Like, there were one where with a crack back, crack back block on, um, I can't remember, I think it was Jamal Adams. Um, <coughs> That didn't get called. It were like I say. I'm not saying making excuses because we probably still would have lost anyway. But the the officiating was awful. But 
I feel sorry more for the for the defence, really. We give away so many yards on defence, but our red zone defence is unbelievable. You know, I think I think we're fourth in red zone defence. You know, we the, anyone can obviously we played for Vikings, didn't we, early in the mm-hmm. season and moved the ball and was so easy. Like, and I think you were one of the most successful teams in the red zone. I think you got the most red zone touchdowns against that of all the teams we've played. Mm-hmm. But normally we just don't give anything up when we get inside that 20-yard line. I and mean, that's exactly what we did with the Packers. They kept getting close again and we just move them back and kept in the and the defense kept us in the game. And when your offense is on three and outs, four, five and outs, your defense is just going to collapse eventually. And that's what happened in the fourth quarter. They got the two touchdowns and and the rest is history 17-0 game. <laughs> Yeah, um, that game aside, in general, what what were you thinking? Realistic expectations heading into this season? Um, better than what we're doing now. <laughs> but um, and seriously, I thought we could maybe sneak a playoff place. I'd, I'd, I'd expect if we got there, we wouldn't go any further. I just thought there's better teams. You know, we're in such a tough division. You know with the Cardinals and I thought the 49ers and Rams would be better than the Cardinals this year and Cardinals have surprised me because they've just last year they'd started off so well and they just I'm not a massive Cliff Kingsby fan to be honest with you I don't think he's the greatest of coaches but he's proving me wrong this year but there's still time for my collapse you know obviously <laughs> they haven't had Kyler Murray obviously with the last week with the week's loss against Panthers but yeah, I thought we could sneak in the playoffs, you know, because obviously I thought the NFC were a lot weaker than the AFC and obviously I've been proven wrong there as well. It looks like the AFC is a lot weaker than the NFC at the moment. But yeah, it's it's one of them now where we've got the Cardinals twice, we've got Rams, 49ers, we've got some winnable games. We need to, we could have done with winning that Packers game. It's, it's, it's a bit frustrating because three games... I think there were four games when Geno Smith played when Russell Wilson came out. I think there were Steelers, Saints, Rams. We beat the Jags and the Rams were all within a score in them games with Geno Smith. And it's it's frustrating, really, because like, I'm not saying we would have definitely won him with Russ, but we would have had a better chance. Geno Smith played all right, but he's a backup for a reason. So it is frustrating that way because we could be in a better position and it looks worse. But even if we would have got to the playoffs, we just probably would have just lost the first game like we have done for the last five years anyway. I think the last time, the last playoff win I remember. Sorry, Andy. You'll go miss. Even then, I thought we were going to lose as well. <laughs> oh, I remember that well. Wow. What's your thoughts on Pete Carroll? Because I know Seahawks seem to be a bit split. Like they feel like it's time to move on. Some say they shouldn't move on. But what's your thoughts on it, mate? Um. I love Pete Carroll. I think he's done so much for us. You know, he, he, before he came from, when he was at USC, he came over. He's made it a winning franchise, you know, from from before then. Obviously, had a Super Bowl run under Mike Holmgren and obviously lost in the in against the Steelers. But it's been all positive, mostly. You know, like, obviously, it should be two Super Bowls. It's one of them. I always look back at one of them where, like, they haven't run the ball. And it's obvious you should run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. But I get the decision why you won't, because you're thinking, oh, we'll, we'll catch him out. They're thinking when they run the ball. So I get it. But really, you should just run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. So it should have been two, three balls. And people criticise him for that. But I don't really criticise him too much. But I don't know. Um, it's, it's hard to say because he's done so much. But maybe a change could help. It'd be interesting to see with Russ. I think Russ will go probably next season anyway. I think I think he'll be life without Russell Wilson next year I expect and we'll see what happens with there you know maybe he can 
use some picks, even though we're not very good at first round picks anyway. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible at the top half of the draft, but maybe you can use something to build that defense. Because that's what obviously Russ were brilliant when we won the Super Bowl, but it was all the defense, you know, all the Legion of Boom, and yeah. that's what Pete Cowles can do, you know. So maybe I'm optimistic and thinking he can stay and do a job, but maybe it is. It is time that everyone's got self expiry date, haven't they? You know, he's been there a long time and we've seen it with plenty of managers where the game catches up and if you don't change, you get found out and maybe that's what it is. But maybe it's just me, my pride with Pete Carroll talking, thinking maybe he can stick around for a few years and it's going to be okay. That's the lure of the, probably as a UK fan more than yeah. some of the Americans, because we are so used, you know, we're not used to managers, well, we are getting that way, but like managers used to be around for, you know, Arsene Wenger uh, we could even sack him when even when he wasn't doing anything but you know I think I think you're right though he, I think there's an element of stubbornness going on with him and I think that could be the only thing that holds you back but the defence is where the Seahawks I feel like have come away the last couple of years it's just you know you've got a few pieces but it just doesn't it's not great it's not even maybe that good so yeah I think you're right maybe they, that's the route they should go down the route and then maybe get a rookie quarterback and maybe look to build what they did before but maybe give it a couple of years but the problem is I feel like the pressure's on Seahawks, the Seahawks to win every year <clears throat> This it, I, sometimes the fan bases are what ruin what happens to the franchises because they demand so much because they get so used to and I'm sitting here in the same boat really because you know, two years ago, I'd have been dreaming about where we are, but you kind of get used to it. And then you're like, well, I don't want to have two years of pain because <laughs> we may, may never come back from it. But that's how the NFL works. I love the, um, I love the Shane Waldron hire, though, I must admit, you know, on offense. I think that can bring us, um, you know, the way the Rams play and stuff. I think that's perfect for even with or without Russ, you know, like I say, I don't know what would happen if who we'd have. We, we might end up with fixed. Fix man, fix magic, you know, man. <laughs> everyone else, you know. But another um, baby. It's weird, isn't it? Because like, obviously, I love Russ. I love what he's done. But a little part of me just, this is, it's a bit, it's not good, is it, to say like it could be a terrible thing and it flow up in my face. But because we've had Russ so long, a little part of me just wants to see what what's what's after. What's Russ, after? You know, what, what is the rookie that's coming in? Because. <clears throat> I don't know. That, that, that was probably my famous last words. You probably played in about a year, won't you? And when, we, when we've got someone like um, probably have Sam Darnold will come over. You know, <laughs> be awful. Go, go and get Spencer Rattler, and that'll teach you. Oh yeah. Let's <laughs> say, uh, James, the answer to the, the conundrum you threw up there is don't win anything. That's my. That's, that's the way to never well, win. Minnesota is definitely sticking to it, mate. Yeah, never win. And and Mike Zimmer will outlast Arsene Wenger, I can assure you. Um, the Cardinals, touched on the Cardinals, they came unstuck uh, at the hands of the Panthers this week. Interesting one. So, come to the Cardinals in a bit, but the Panthers came flying out of the blocks. Um, the whole Cam Newton thing, there's loads of angles to this, but you know, whatever people think about his ability at this stage of his career, I just wonder, in general, the kind of impact that he could have on the Panthers as a whole, just with his presence. Because straight away there was there was footage on the sidelines where he's kind of he's in the middle of everything, and he was in and out of the game. Uh, every time every time Walker came in, he ballsed it up and didn't do anything good. But Cam Newton's on the sideline; he's just bringing everyone in. He's that leader straight away, having just come back into the group a week before, less than a week. So can that kind of how much 
ability aside, can he galvanise that group and give them a bit of a boost? I'll let Jordan go because you know how much I love Cam Newton. I like Cam Newton as well, so it's all right. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're spot on, Andy. You know, like just just someone like that, and you know, coming back into the dressing room where he's been in before. You know, he's gonna he's gonna lift the players around him. The players are gonna look up to him. Like he's not the way he left New England. I thought were, were, was um, it put him in good stead, really, didn't it? You know, like you know, <laughs> it looked good on him, really. And um, he did, he, a lot of players would have like spat the dummy out and like said malicious stuff or whatever you know about about a Bill Belichick and stuff like that but he just took it seemed to take it on the chin took it well but coming back to the Panthers he's just yeah it looks like he's going to play more of a role this week coming forward isn't he by the sounds of it like Matt Rule says I, I like the Panthers I think I think Matt Rule's a good coach the defence is good had some good offensive weapons it started well for Sam Darnold didn't it it looked good <laughs> obviously he's been found out I wonder how much of that is just with the Jets, you know, is he a, is he just not a good quarterback, or is it the fact that the, the confidence just as soon as like it went downhill, it was not it just because coming out of college, he was he was a good quarterback, but some people just can't handle the NFL. It's just a different animal, isn't it? You know, and uh, but yeah, I am surprised that the Panthers won how they did. But, yeah, all for Cam Newton, all for Cam Newton, James. Ah, <laughs> oh, dearie me. I think, touching touch on Sam Darnold, let's change the subject. Touching on Sam Darnold, seeing some of his press comments, because I've never really paid much attention, he does seem quite meek and mellow, and he's quite a shy character. I'm not saying he, we don't know what he's really like inside, because we don't know him. Um, but I think, given like how a Cam Newton is, I think the problem is when you're struggling, you're not inspiring the players around you. They're not probably buying into you, because you're just a, chill guy that doesn't so i think the thing is he's the type of guy i think you're right i think some people have it or they don't and i think unfortunately mentally maybe he just doesn't have that little bit of grit and when times are hard he seems to really fall down a massive rabbit hole really and i feel sorry for him because i feel like it could be all over already because now cam newton's coming and now he's the savior um but touch on what jordan said i think it's just more he brings that energy and like there's a lot of young players on this team felt didn't play with him before so it could have worked one or two ways but I think when you're in that building and Cam Newton is going to be everywhere let's face it I think he probably inspires them and there was in what was the other options right now I mean Cam Newton coming in and saving a team I know some people believe in it but is a, in most cases would not be the answer but when you've got Sam Darnold playing away is the PJ Walker's not the answer either. He, you know they've got nothing to lose I mean I, I'm looking forward to it in a couple of weeks time because the, the honeymoon period will be over there's no way Cam Newton is all of a sudden back to being serviceable. We, we can't throw the ball. But fair play to him in this game. He came out. He'd done everything he needed to do. I mean, they came out firing all cylinders. Defence played brilliantly. He finished off a couple of drives. A bit of me enjoyed it. And I, the thing is, when he was at his peak, it was nothing better than watching. And that's that's me saying it when he was doing it to us. But for those couple of years where they was untouchable, the Panthers, it was so enjoyable to watch because he was, he was a beast and, you know, and everything else. But... The cockiness and the slightly over-the-topness obviously has pissed me off over the years and seeing him struggle now and still hearing people going, oh, Cam Newton's going to say... It's like, no, he can't throw the ball. He's he's, he's good at maybe getting you two yards, but that's about it. So, <laughs> I just want to jump in. Now you've said that to me, James. All I'm going to do every time Cam Newton has a good game is get that video of him taking his camera off saying, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> just keep sending it to you over Twitter. Yeah. I did have to uh, try and ignore him saying that about five times. <laughs> I I'm back. James is off and running. We haven't even got to the books game yet. Yeah. <laughs> you went three pieces. 
the Rams and the 49ers um, went at it last game of the week. If anybody told you they saw that result coming, they're a liar. Um, as it turned out, pretty comprehensive display somehow from 49ers. You know, the 40 minutes of possession they had, uh, nice and tidy. Jimmy G avoided giving the ball away, which is nice. You know, held on to his job for another week. Job. Yeah. And obviously, um, I mean, anything on the Niners first before we move on to the obvious Rams talking point? I mean, um, all my ranted about Kyle Shanahan, the one thing he's very good at is beating Sean McVay, his you know, former assistant. So yeah, I think it's five times in a row. So fair play. I mean, I still didn't really believe I was probably going to win this game, but they completely dominated it. And I suppose the questions have to be asked a little bit is what's going on with Stafford and, and this amazing offense. But now's now got Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, once again, another savior. He is thrown. I had a look at this. Um, four interceptions in the last two games when he'd thrown four in the first eight weeks, I think. There's a blip. There's definitely a blip going on. <clears throat> I mean, I think I think the thing is, it's been paper over some of the cracks because they have been great, obviously. I mean, you can't sit here and go they haven't, but there has been, like, against the Bucks, he went two for eight or something. In the first quarter and a half, he was struggling. Luckily for him, he was playing the Bucks, who had no defence, and the offence was good, but not great. And then once he got going, he's great. And I feel like, obviously, against the weaker teams, he's completely annihilated them. And he's been good in the most part, but a couple of games, he's been a bit questionable, and he's, you know, and the Rams are just too good to lose. And now the last two weeks, it's just like, Oh, I mean, I, I don't doubt that he will turn it around second half with Sean McVay. But if could you imagine a couple more weeks like this and Sean McVay must be like, God, I had Jared Goff. Now I've got what was supposed to be a, at least a top 10 quarterback <laughs> to him. <laughs> so it's just it's just fun to watch in a sense that I would have said the Rams were the one team that I felt two or three weeks ago were going to probably be good on both sides of the ball and I fancy would go all the way. <clears throat> and they're another team where I'm like, now I have no idea. <laughs> Well, he's gone from not throwing the ball to Robert Woods to not throwing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. He can he can jump in and replace him. Uh, I just my opinion. I'm not a fan, a fan of his. Uh, his attitude stinks largely, but I don't think he's not. He's clearly not the player he was either. Um, I mean, was it a move? Are we believing that? Woods got injured after that move because I, it just seems too convenient. They must have known about that, that injury. It's hard because they reckon it was in the training session at the same time or after. Oh. But, they, but you're right. Maybe there was maybe there was something we didn't know about. But uh, it did seem a strange move at the time. But but I don't know. It's Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I don't know if I trusted who was really that interested in him. I think a lot of people offered him the minimum to sort of sound it out. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams went, oh, yeah, we have an extra million, you know. <laughs> Because I was shocked he went there cause simply because if Woods was fit and healthy, I mean Woods wasn't getting the ball a lot. But you've got Van Jefferson, you've got Higby. It's, mm. You know he would have had he would have struggled to have been a focal point in this team. Um, once Woods went down, I mean obviously it weren't going to happen this week, but he will get more chances. But yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I, I'd love Odell Beckham Jr. to show a bit more what he did early on in his career, but I don't like his attitude. And it's yeah, he's I don't I think he's overrated personally. I think he's a good I think he's a good receiver. So he's had two or three highlight reels that make him sound like he's an elite. And I just don't think he's there with the injuries as well. It's not his fault, but I just don't think he's that good. 
here's Jordan. Jordan's going to be like, he's definitely the best receiver. <laughs> 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 and it's like, okay, so the injury is at his fault, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he can't have that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I thought it were good. Whoever picked him, I thought it were a good pickup just because, obviously, after the way, you know, he wants to come on the waivers, you know, he's off the waivers, sorry. He's, um, you won't have to pay that much money for him, but I'm, I'm probably on the same boat as you. I think he's, I think he's an okay, I think he's a decent wide receiver, but he's never, he's, like I say, he's had a couple of highlights real catches and people are blown away, you know, these when he's warming up and doing these one-handed mm-hmm. catches. Oh, one-handed catches in warm-up, fantastic, you know. <laughs> I just want to see, I don't care about one-handed catches, I just want to see you grab the ball and make plays and, uh, Obviously, he wasn't doing that at Browns and spat his dummy out, it seems. But it's it's a weird one, isn't it? You know, like everyone came out and backed him. So you never know. But yeah, not, he's all right. Mm. I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. Like, if, if Seahawks were assigned him, I wouldn't have been that bothered. It wouldn't have been like, blown me away. I want, I want chasing him. <laughs> the, the thing is though the Seahawks aren't a team that desperately need another receiver you've got two great receivers and a couple of decent bits and and you guys need other things that's what was frustrating when I heard Seahawks were linked I'm like yeah. why are you not going to get like an improvement on a I don't know on a defence or a bit more protection for Russ or something but yeah I don't know I, the thing is when he went to the Rams a lot of people were like why would you go there but it did feel like a bit like an Antonio Brown move and it's like you can't moan either way like if he ends up winning the Super Bowl he's won and if they end up getting an injury like they have he's ready but yeah i don't know yeah it, it's it's one of those where you know it, i think from from the rams point of view it could it could turn out to be a very shrewd acquisition especially with woods going down if it doesn't if performance wise it doesn't work they just need him to keep his mouth shut they need him <laughs> to be to be quiet about it because that's where it'll backfire on them so um we'll keep an eye on that one a couple of fairly comfortable wins we can kind of rattle through starting with the eagles who upset our prediction james we did not call it and and we can't keep giving the broncos chances like this that's it Um, i'm done yeah they put the broncos away they lost goddard early um but you know stuck stuck at it smith a couple of great grabs for him but yeah i mean i I can't waste any more energy working out what the broncos are doing (laughs) because Teddy's fit now. They've got pretty much everybody that they wanted. I know they lost Ron Miller, but then they went and blew the Cowboys out without him. So I just, I just don't know. I can't, I can't pick them anymore. I, I tell you what, the team that won this game is the team that you know that they've got a quarterback who can make an odd play here and there, and is good with his legs. But they, what they do is they run the ball. Denver have got two running backs who are more than capable of being good at least, and they actually were more than efficient in this game. Just run the ball because Teddy Bridgewater is not going to win you a game on his back. He did do pretty well against the Cowboys, but it was on the back of the run. And, um, yeah, I, it's just a frustrating team, aren't they? I mean, the defence can be great <laughs> on its day, but they're just, I think they're they're sort of back of the pack. They're sort of around the average, maybe slightly above average at best. And that offence, when it all clicks, is amazing, but it's good. But you've got Teddy Bridgewater. But you shouldn't be losing 30 to 13 to the Eagles. I, I, I didn't quite, I, I wasn't shocked that the Eagles won the game because it's just, why not the way this season's going? But it was just like, they was well out of that game so early on. And I mean, fair play to the Eagles. They ran the ball brilliantly. Hurts looks reasonably good, to be honest, throwing the ball. But oh, I've given up with Denver. I've got a lot of invested fancy-wise. And they, it's a bit frustrating, to be honest. But um, otherwise, yeah. I mean, next week, they'll probably turn up again and win. But they're not going anywhere. It's one of those teams. Trash can, trash can. Jordan talked about him earlier. He mentioned Javonda Williams. And I... 
watching granted it was only on red zone but he seemed to be doing a lot um and i thought god he must have had a big game here and then when you look back he only went he went for 48 yards and i know there was the penalty call that that uh, chalked off a touchdown for him but he looked like he was having a really impressive game but i don't know it was weird but he's fun to watch free javante williams I don't get where he this sits as well because I feel like Melvin Gordon's had a fairly solid season and it's like, but I I feel like we're at that point because I've got a lot of my teams I have both I've had Melvin Gordon for a couple of years because he's a cheap pickup but I had Javante Williams in a lot of my uh, rookie drafts and I'm at that point where I'm putting Williams in my team now but bloody Melvin Gordon still steals like the touchdown opportunities and it's just like just start sitting him okay like just rest him up go Javante Williams. <laughs> He's a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully, he'll make that position his own. Um, Chiefs got back, got back at it. Took down the Raiders pretty comfortably. Mahomes, four hundred and six yards, five touchdowns. Taking out some frustration on the Raiders there. Um, That's all they need. Yeah, just just give it to Pat. I mean, come to the Chiefs in a, in a second, but the Raiders' run game is awful. Uh, I mean, a lot of the Raiders franchise is awful. <laughs> but their run game is, is particularly bad. 85 yards a game on average. They've only scored eight touchdowns on the deck. Jordan, you go first. What? They're, they're a tough group to work out, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs were brilliant in his first. Huh? first you know, I just don't know what's happened to him. You know, um, yeah, I, I will say this, you know, I don't. I, I'll, I'll put my neck on the line here. I don't think the Chiefs are back. This is all on the Raiders. This is all on the Raiders. I agree. The Chiefs look very, like very it. good. Yeah. I don't know if this is just me subconsciously thinking and hoping. But, <laughs> but seriously, I, I think the Chiefs will struggle more over the season. So I think the Raiders just so many times they give they give give uh, free stuff away to them, you know. And the defense, <laughs> defense has been relatively good this year for the Raiders, you know. Like, I don't know, just they were just terrible, you know. They couldn't, because the Chiefs running game's not great and they couldn't they couldn't stop that really. And uh Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey every time he picked up the ball, I think Raiders missed about three or four tackles every time he runs. So you look at Kelsey's tackles and think, Oh, what a game Travis Kelsey's back in brilliant. But he just kept running through tackles like they were they were made of spaghetti, you know, like it was, it was ridiculous, you know, like if you go back and watch that game, it's yeah. Chiefs are not back, that's me saying it. <laughs> I'm pleased you said that, Jordan, to be honest, because I, I watched the highlights, and once again, there was a couple of, like, just launch it down the other end for Mahomes, where you're like, wow, what a catch, but, well, what a catch, any quarterback can launch it down there, if you've got someone, you know, that isn't going to keep happening, and that's what I feel like he's been exposed a little bit this year, teams have set themselves up to stop the big plays, but he's he's just thrown a few up, and you're like, well, he got away with that in the past, but, yeah, you haven't this year. Um, I feel like they changed the plan a little bit. Tyreek Hill got a lot of balls under, like, you know, thrown short, and he they allowed him to use his speed to make the plays, which I think was smart. They did lean a little bit on the run, but, yeah, I'm with Jordan. I feel I feel like Mahomes got away with one or two throws again, um, which is great when you're throwing five touchdown passes, but you've only got the way he's been playing, one or two of those get picked off. It's just a completely different feeling. Um, but, yeah, the Raiders, just back to being the Raiders, unfortunately. The only thing I could say about that running game is they're all on the field. Um, and any player that's on the field for the Raiders right now feels like an achievement. So um, I'm, I'm, I just feel sorry for the Raiders again. Simply sorry, fans. I, I, I've been shitting on you 
literally all season leading up to this year and you actually was proving me wrong but i feel like we're back to where we were with the raiders like too much has happened yeah starting to crumble a bit isn't it um let's cover our respective teams james because time is is pressing and i know you're desperate to talk about that result so, I mean, sorry, Andy, I can't hear you. What's that? Yeah, you're breaking up. We all love, we all love a bit of event and a bit of anger now. And you, I could see your your Twitter timeline was filling <laughs> up with like, you know, your frustration was building. It all I can say, it didn't start well, and it didn't, it didn't get any better. Um, I think if we'd started at about half time, we would have been ten all. Uh, <laughs> second half, it was second half. It felt like we was it was a better team. But to be fair to Washington, they finished the job off, but. Um, yeah, I feel like we're still on our bye week for, for most of that first half. And, you know, the, the second, I think it was the second interception or the first one, it wasn't actually on Brady. Darden caught it and he just, his arm flung it up in the air. So, um, Brian, Bruce Arians basically came out and said both uh, interceptions were on Brady, which really, really wasn't. But I, I, so I got what he was trying to say. In fairness to Bruce Arians, he will probably throw Brady under the bus to try yeah. and cover up for the younger players, which I don't know if Brady overly likes uh, um given what he did that he did that last year quite early on when we played the saints and brady's press conference was really short and he did it again this time but at the same time i think it's holding him accountable i'm not putting it at all on brady um it's obviously the game plan but we constantly just wanted to throw the ball to leonard fournette um three yards which given what we thought washington's defense was going to be this year we did see some signs in this game but I watched Brady drop back and he didn't have that much pressure on. Like it felt like he was throwing the ball because he was feeling like he was going to get sacked or the pressure was coming, but it wasn't coming. The, our, our line was keeping him in the most part at bay and he was just getting rid of the ball so quickly, but it was always to Fournette, three yards, Darden, two yards early on. And unfortunately Fournette is not at the best cat, pass catching back. He's, he's fine. He's okay. He's much better than Ronald Jones, but he made a couple of drops. There was a couple of times he had the ball and he should have turned it around into a seven, eight yard gain and he dropped it. And that obviously doesn't help. Darden obviously um, had that one where he intercepted it, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie that was getting the ball and about to be hit. Like what, what goes for your brain? Like that four yard game was really worth it. And he ended up giving an interception. It just felt like if this Washington team was what we thought it was going to be, where they was going to bring a lot of pressure because that front, that front seven could do that. I understand Brady's tactic. It's what we used in the playoffs. He had a really good game where he kept five, ten yards just constantly against that Washington defense. And it felt like we had the same game plan, but didn't adjust because there has been two or three highlights. I was wondering why he's not throwing to Mike Evans for a lot of it. When he did in the second half, you know, he got that 40-yard touchdown and he just completely done his one-on-one, -on -one, threw the ball, he beat his man like straight away from the line of scrimmage. And I've seen a couple of highlights since where Brady chose to throw the ball to Fournette and Evans was literally in the end zone on his own. I, d I don't know what was going on. It just felt like Brady didn't trust his arm or didn't trust throwing it to Evans or, and obviously Godwin wasn't really fit to be fair, but it was just a strange game plan. And it felt like Brady was just bailing out. Um, I don't want him getting injured. I don't want him getting sacked. So I get it. Brady will always do that because he is a statue at this point. He can move around the pocket fine, but obviously he will. He doesn't want to get hit. And I, I don't mind that, but it felt like the whole game, he was like, it was someone was about to hit him and he weren't. So it was just, it was just mind blowing because it just, it happened. It didn't just happen for a few drives. It happened like 80% of the game. And second half, we started opening it up a little bit, especially when we needed to. And all of a sudden Evans makes a big play. Godwin started getting a few more catches. We started moving it around instead of just throwing it underneath. And, 
it was just odd. It was just an odd game. Fair play to Washington, though. They had two drives, which I think must have ate up probably half the game. <laughs> and they and, and and do you know what? I've been saying on this podcast, the Bucks secondary, obviously, most people know, is completely injured. Um, even Richard Sherman was supposed to be back this week, and he ended up doing his calf in practice. So we ended up still having issues there. And even another set, I think, a cornerback, um, Delaney, had to come off at one point. And he was our practice squad cornerback that's been playing the last few weeks. So we are in a real dire situation there. But why don't teams just throw the ball on us? But they don't have to go for the big plays. Just throw the ball five, ten yards. You get rid of the ball quick, you're going to get the first downs. And Washington absolutely nailed it. They ran the ball enough that they got third and short. And then they would have the options. He gets three or four seconds, he'll get a five-yard pass. And they did it time and time again. Devin White had an amazing game. It was Devin White of last year. I mean, he had 18 tackles, two sacks, forced. I think he they didn't get a full song, but it was David. But he was everywhere. He was back to being like how he was last year. Outside that, they had all day long to throw the ball, we had no real pressure up front. It was just, you know, fair play to Washington. I can't sit here and say, oh, you know, anything else. Washington deserved to win that game, and we could have still been playing out there, and they still deserve to win that game. I just, just a bit mind blown about the game plan more than anything. I've said a couple of weeks ago. I think you were, you might have been missing, and I think it was Peter. I think Peter was filling in when the Eagle. He played the Eagles, and I said the I said the Eagles should have beat you in that game if they'd gone to the air a bit more. Because yeah. you were you were there for the taking and and they didn't and um, you picked them in the end. Well, I mean that's a great example because the Eagles obviously when the, they was pretty much out of the game, there was three scores mm-hmm. down. But then they start airing it out and taking a few risks, and it's like our defense is there. Like the only reason why they've actually done a bit better in the last few weeks is because teams aren't really taking the chance. But you know, fair play to Washington. I've got nothing less to say. But I'm, you know, they played brilliantly in the sense that they their defense played better. And the offense was just efficient. They just kept us off the field, but we we had plenty of chances to put points up, and we didn't take it. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, we talked about um, before we started recording just quickly on Taylor Heineke, Jordan. We both said we like him, and he, I like him just because I think he's a bit mad. Like you, you're always going to get errors from him because he's a lunatic, but he. You know, we saw in the in the playoffs last year the way he puts his body on the line, and I kind of like that that kind of quarterback. He's all action. But if for whatever reason Washington decide to go in a different direction next year, he, he, in your opinion, he's good. Is he good enough to be a starter for someone? Um, there's quite a few teams that would be good enough to, to be a starter for. You know, I think you, you're exactly right. If you've got a quarterback that leaves everything out there you know he'll he'll put his body on the line for the team um i remember that one in the um in the wildcard game against tampa last year where he just ran and launched himself it felt like he, he was flying through the air for about 10 years That's the same. it was a helicopter he was doing a helicopter wasn't he it's like um, and you saw chase young come running over to him and stuff like that you know like that's the type of player you want you know and, and you're right and you know obviously he will make mistakes but he puts on some Good throws. He's not. A, he's, he's a lot better than a lot of the starting quarterbacks in this league. You know, some of them. You know, like obviously, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure, Jets would love him at the moment. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, and uh, quite a few others. You know, he's. I like him. I, 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 I can get on board people like him. You know, who, who, who can take. You can still take you downfield. He can. He can. He, the good thing about him, he can run the ball as well. You know, he's quite. He's not. He's. He's not a slouch. You know, he can, he can run the ball, which always helps and. 
yeah, he's from where he's coming from. He, we always we like a story like this story. We want a guy like that to do well, and he, and he is doing quite well. I don't think any of it. You look at the record; none of it's really on him. It's on the on the on this defense that we thought yeah. were going to be really good this year, and it, and it just hasn't. And obviously, they've lost Chase now. I don't know. But if I make them better or worse, who knows? But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done for the season, which is sad. Um, we'll go through. We'll go to the Vikings game next because I, you know, I'm I'm happy to field the majority of this one. Um, you know, I never did not think we'd win this game, given what we were missing defensively. We had all we had all the names. Out. Uh, I thought we'd get a spanking, but. We uh, we were we were pretty good and and the Vikings have now hit that that uh, thing in the fan base where if we went three touchdowns up on a team, majority of people would still be sat there saying yeah, but we'll still lose, we'll still lose, just just wait, just keep an eye on it, we'll lose. Um, and it was quite funny because d- despite how you know we're the most run heavy of teams and bet Jefferson the last few weeks seems to barely get a sniff. We decide then to go up against the team who are probably dead last or certainly round about there for defending against the run. And we decide to try and throw the ball all over them. Um, <laughs> and it worked. JJ had a, had a big game. Uh, Tyler Conklin, bit of an unsung hero as well. Um, yeah, and Zimmer, Zimmer lives to fight another day because I think had we lost this one, it would have just started to get really unbearable. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we obviously discussed the preview. I didn't really see the Chargers losing this, really. But you know, that's the Vikings for you. You've played tough. You've had been a couple of games where you should have. You've like not won the game, and you should have won the game. And there's been a couple of games where we would have said you shouldn't have even been in the game, and you were. Should have known that it would have been a tight game, to be fair. But um, yeah, the Chargers. There's more questions on the Chargers side now. Like they've sort of been far one or two weeks. The last four or five weeks haven't been so good for them. Um, Herbert's. Bit, yeah, struggling a little bit. Um, the team just—I think they've been found out a little bit. I think that's the only way I can describe it. The offense, is, you know, they've worked out. Mike Williams has still got apparently got a knock. He's not been obviously what, as ever. What's happened, James? Well, early, se- early season we were like Mike Williams is around. No, should known better really. Uh, but I did hear. I think it was on last week's game. They said that he's playing with. I can't remember where it was, but he's got an injury that they're not really talking about, which was a bit weird. But it was the commentator who said it. But it would make sense because I, I appreciate that maybe the Keenan Allen's forced his way in a little bit, but he hasn't looked the same player the last few weeks. And but then nor's the offense, so I don't know. I, I, the thing is that defense went from the first two or three weeks being okay. This team could be good, like this is the defense we wanted. So gradually, like oh, they're not very good against the run. Oh, they're not that good at all. <laughs> and uh, the defense just seems to be you know okay at best, and the offense has just come back as well. So interesting times ahead. I'm not. I'll, uh, once again, coming back to around the NFL, I love the way I've just seen all their stuff, but they was mentioning all of the Chargers as pretenders, and based on the last three or four weeks, it's kind of hard to sort of say I'm confident they're making the playoffs. So, they're in a tough division as well. <laughs> I'm not having any team being, you know, pretenders or whatever they want to call that, potential Super Bowl, when their home stadium is 60% Vikings fans. I'm not having that. <laughs> they can they can get in the bin as well. Uh, the only other thing I'd say on that on our performance was Eric Kendricks. I I don't normally care about this. I guy, saw I your I saw your tweet. It, I mean, yeah, he's got his his hair is incredible and he's a beautiful beautiful specimen. <laughs> but 
it, the lack of and I hate to use that word, James. Respect on this bloke's name is unbelievable. He's it's never fair. mentioned. He's absolutely outstanding. No, it's fair. I mean, he's a guy that, <clears throat> from from my point of view, because the media don't blow him up, I do hear of his name, and I think he's a good player from, probably from more from hearing from you, Andrew. Mm. Andrew, I'm saying Andrew the mm. same as you did last week. Um, but yeah, you're right. I don't feel like he gets half the amount of attention that a lot of other players do. But that's because he's quite humble. He just goes about his business. He's not, you know, shouting about it. But to be fair, he's a UCLA man, so Jordan probably remembers him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a. He's, he's, I like I like Kendrick. I like I like the Vikings. You know, to be honest with you, I think I haven't seen a lot of them this year. Obviously, I saw them against the Seahawks. I've seen a couple of games when they've been on um, prime time a couple of times, and every time I've seen Kirk Cousins, he looks like he's playing the best football of his career. But obviously, I'm, I'm Andy. I'm sure you'll tell me that in the other games he in. Oh. No, 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 no. Very much a fan, aren't you, Andy? Yeah, he's tell you what, he's been he's been uh, very, very good this season and he, he was very good again this week. So it's just I just don't know what, what we're gonna do next. Next week is a huge game. Records aside and all that, it's just huge because it's the Packers and um as long, you know, we can't afford to get embarrassed regardless in that. But we shall see. We'll have, we're going to have Iggy on with us next week, hopefully, to talk about that one. So that'll be fun if we, if we get a spanking. Um, <laughs> last few games to go through. The Jags beaten by a score by the Colts. We, we always seem to say the same thing about the Colts. That, you know, Their game is becoming... It's a familiar pattern you now that Taylor is so good and he's reliable. So it's, you know, run heavy... Uh, scheme and all that, and Pittman is very reliable as their as their go to wide receiver. So the dream is alive, James, from a, a betting point of view. But one thing I wanted to mention about the Jags: what happened to Lavisca Chenault's breakout? Yeah, that uh, we were saying it's, it's coming, it's coming. Don't get me started. Like I saw enough last year to think there was no breakout in him, like unless he's breaking out, going down, working McDonald's, but. The, the thing is, the guy has got something, but he, he was, he might, to be fair, Jordan might be able to correct me better, but I didn't know too much coming out of college because I wasn't following it enough, but he was more a running back. Was he a running back or was he a wide receiver that they were trying to make him, either way, they were trying to change his position to be a different player. And I remember them saying, oh, he's quite versatile. He could do one or the other. And I feel like he's one of those players that's probably decent at both but not good enough at this level to to make it happen and bar the odd splash play i just didn't see that much last year but i mean i don't know i don't see it every time i watch him he, you know when he gets a chance and he starts having a good game he'll fumble the ball or something and i'm just i'm out on him i've never i wasn't that big going into him i was i was year two i thought maybe it'll surprise me but i don't he hasn't at all um, but jordan might be able to feel even more on that for me He's one of them people that you could we call a gadget player, isn't it? You know, like Kirk Samuel who can do it all. But yeah, I, I, I will be optimistic for him this year. I thought, oh, good quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. You know, like even though it is his rookie, I thought he'd still find him more. And um, I don't know. I, I still, I'm, um, I still think there's something there. But it's like we mentioned earlier. You know, you come on to the next level. This is the the thing about the draft. You know, like I'm, I'm big on the draft. I, I watch college football. We can dissect into players and. Going on to the next stage, you know, it's it's impossible to get everyone right because you just don't know what people how people are going to react at this next level. It's like big you're playing with the big boys now, you know what I mean? It's a different um, mentality, you know, of like 
players you're playing against and like um, the media on top of you and things like that. You know, obviously you've got your media in college, but you know, in the NFL, it's like you, you make a mistake and, and a couple of mistakes and you're out the team. You know, like and and that's when you meant you see see a lot of players this year. You know, like taking themselves away from the game. You know, like Calvin Ridley. You know, like you know to do with um, the mentality of it. You know, like mental health and. And this is what we don't see as like fans, you know, what goes on behind it and the, and the the work effort and everything like that. And it can take its toll. And and the, when the good players in college, you know, they come through and they can still be good players, but they just it's just not for them, you know. It, it doesn't mean they're a failure. It just means it's just one step too far for some of them. And obviously, I've gone off on one there and stuff. And everything, <laughs> going back to going back to Chanel and stuff. I, I I do see something there, but we just. Just want to be one of them things if we if we go see it at this stage. That's a that's a great point that George just made as well because sometimes I take a step back and you and when you I'm not being funny but look us three we're all talking about players and 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 the game and everything else and we're in the UK we're not a huge podcast let's face it you know pretty huge but not a huge <laughs> but you know what I mean even we're talking about it and you know let's face it in America there's obviously lots of podcasts there's lots of big podcasts there's the media like it's crazy to think what level this all goes down to and mm. that must be a lot for a person to have to take on some people love it some people play up to it some people can just block it out whatever but it is right like the college game they're young lads like I mean I know some people go they're not 16 but it's like yeah, but you're not playing at a college level where they're investing so much into you and they're expecting you to do it week in, week out. And there's a whole campus, let alone everyone watching on TV, that knows your name and expects you to play to a good level. And when you don't, even at the college level, you get crucified, let alone when you make this jump up where people, a lot of people in the NFL don't even know what you did at college. So it's a great point, to be fair. And look at Trevor Lawrence. He's a great example. I don't think there'd be many quarterbacks that have come out of college where you're like, these are dead, sir. And right now, I mean, if he has two years like this, like I doubt he will, because I do believe he will come on. But if he has a couple more years like this, he'll be at the league. <laughs> and he is like as good as any prospect that's come out of high school, that's come out of college. But the situation he's in, he's at the Jacksonville Jaguars and they've killed every quarterback that's come in and gone out. So, you know, circumstances are big thing as well. Um, but yeah, fair point, Jordan. Very well said. Uh, that leaves us two games to cover. Uh, start with Titans went eight and two on the season, getting by the Saints. Saints who without Henry and Julio this time, they just go they go marching on regardless. But it's a tough ask for the Saints, uh, you know. Without that's even if they had Kamara, they're without Kamara. But Taysom Hill, the the experiment is over. The Taysom Hill quarterback is over at the, at the hands of Trevor Simeon. Just, just forget it. Just, you know, they didn't win, but Simeon's all right. He's got scandalous hair, but you know, he's safe enough, isn't he? I think Simeon. I mean, he's going to come unstuck at some point, but um, he'll be the Mike White. Give him a couple of weeks, he'll be throwing four interceptions. But right now, he's been more than good enough. Um, the only thing I'll come back with Hill, I'd say that the problem is with him, he's he's kind of coming in for, what, three or four plays a game. It's kind of obvious. It's predictable. You're like, well, yeah. what's he going to do? Here? He's probably going to run, or he's going to try and, like, dance around on the spot and then throw the ball. Like, teams have worked it out. So when he came in for 14, 15 plays last year, it was like, what? Do we trust him to run? Is he going to throw the ball? Is he going to, you know, what's he going to do? And now it's like, clearly he's coming in for the red zone. It just just watch him. Just watch him, and he won't do anything. Um I was pleased to see the Saints lost this game, but 
Never. On the, fl- on the flip side to that, I actually don't think they should have lost this game. They had two extra points they missed, which they meant they had to go for the two point at the end. They had an, this part roughing the passer has been annoying <laughs> for a couple of years, but I mean, that was as bad as any. I have to say, kind of smiled though, because it happened to the Bucks against the Saints, the same thing. But I mean, the roughing the passer is killing the game. It really is. The Sows are taunting. I mean, Cam Newton got done for taking his helmet off. I mean, come on. Just seriously, sort it out, NFL, because you just ruin it. That was never roughing the passer, and then the Titans got another chance to score the touchdown. It, you know, when you're losing by two points, that that is, you know, so you can say the game might have gone differently, but that technically could have lost the Saints the game. It's just ridiculous. It wasn't roughing the passing. It's just doing my head in. <laughs> just terrible, it really is. And I'm saying that watching the Saints, I'm actually saying the Saints didn't deserve that. <laughs> Bookmark it. Um... We'll go to the last game. Steelers against the Lions. I mean, even couldn't be separated after overtime, in part thanks to the worst attempted field goal I've ever seen. And I've seen some bad ones, being a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> that was scandalous. That was absolutely scandalous. And the, I'm sure the commentator said something to the effect of, it's finally over. When they when they called time at the end of overtime, so that was that's how good the quality of football in the overtime period was. Um, I mean, Jordan, what we we said a couple of weeks ago that there was a win coming for the Lions because they've come close a couple of times, but now I just think it isn't. It can't possibly be because they keep stumbling. Well, not always week sixteen, so there's always hope, you know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't want to sound like uh, being a bit harsh here, but when that when when Santos trot, trotted out and stuff, it, it just looked like they pulled him from stands, didn't it? <laughs> he didn't look like a kicker, did he? He looked like he's like someone having us on here. Is, is this guy on the roster? Or is it because they just run out of kickers and they just brought him on. But it was absolutely horrendous. And Najee Harris summed it up at, at the end, didn't he? Go where where the interview? Went. I didn't know we could. I didn't know we had draws in the NFL. Why were coming back out? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. A just character. as well, do you know what? It's just as well we do have ties because that would have gone on for them. We'll still be playing now. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to add is that I've been calling for Mason Rudolph to be given a chance to play because Big Ben is fucking done. But oh my god, I take it back. Bring back Big Ben, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we thought that you know uh, he might not get through the season because a limb might fall off before. <laughs> Before the end of it, but it was like COVID took him out. But I don't know. You, you stick Ben in that game, James. He did. He did got them over the line. Wouldn't he he? would have done. Yeah, yeah. And there's no doubt about it. I, I thought Rudolph would be actually surprised. He made two or three longer passes, and I was like, here we go, here we go. And then, yeah, after the first two drives, he did nothing. Um, Big Ben would have won in this game easily. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just a mess, wasn't it? Really. <laughs> oh, Jared Goff as well. I know he he was being strapped up at one point, but. Can we just move on from him now? <laughs> you know, he took a lot of shit. Go on, Jordan. Can I, I just want to throw a request out, sir. I don't know how many listeners you get. You told me a lot, so I'm open. If someone can make a montage of Ben Roethlisberger running plays, <laughs> I'd absolutely love that. Is there anything funnier in the NFL than Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> running two yards <laughs> to get something? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It just, it just gets me every time. It just puts me in stitches. And I don't know why. I'm a, simple, I'm a simple guy who likes simple things. And I like Ben Roethlisberger running for two yards to get first down. It's <laughs> great. And I always think when you watch him, 
that he really resents having to do that as well. He hates it. I bet he, you know, he, just oh. imagine him giving them all kinds of shit every time he has to run the ball. Andy, I'm the complete opposite to you. I think he thinks he's like like the chariots of fire or something. <laughs> I can hear him playing when he's running. You can tell he's like, I'm going to get this, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he just stumbles and trips over like five players and manages to do it. <laughs> Awful. I, I think George made a great request. If anyone wants to do that, that would be amazing. <laughs> Certainly would. Yeah, for a game to forget. And, and even though it was, you couldn't take your eyes off it, but it was awful at the same time. However, you know, giving the Lions a little bit of credit before we wrap it up, they goffed it nothing because, well, A, he can't, but B, he didn't actually have to for the large majority of it because they ran the ball really well. I mean, Swift, the more I watch him, the more I enjoy it because he is just so good. Yeah, hasn't Campbell taken back play calling or something? I think he just like, I'm doing this, right? Jared, just stand there and hand it off, mate. That's what you're doing. Uh, and that's definitely the best way. That's one of their strengths if they've got running backs who can make plays. So play to your strengths. Uh, <laughs> there's not many. <laughs> and to be fair, they've tied. So now they can't go 0-17 and be the first ever team. So fair play to the Lions. They may just never win a game this season, but come pretty close. Um that's all the games done, so we've wrapped them up. I don't think there's anything else to throw in, is there? No, I would say that's more than enough. I was, wasn't was prepared to talk, Andy. No. I didn't realise how annoyed every game annoyed me. <laughs> You're an angry man. Uh, Jordan is going to join us uh, shortly for our predictions pod for week 11. So we'll close this one up and we'll reconvene very soon, gents. See you later in a week. Have a good couple of days. Thank you very much for your time, Jordan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been fun. No bother. We'll speak soon. Hello, everybody. It's IDP Iggy with Outside the Huddle bringing you another bet for the week. I apologize for missing last week. We will make sure we have one every week going forward. I will be bringing more bets. There's not much available right now, but we did put together our famous moose. Remember, that's a money line, a spread, and an over-under. With the moose, it's the over. So let's get down to it. Went really safe with the money line. I feel like Tennessee should just steamroll Houston Texans at home. Then we're going to go ahead and add on the over. We teased the Baltimore Ravens at the Chicago Bears down. We teased it down over 34 and a half. So we're hoping that maybe uh, Lamar can get us some magic. Basically, that's just five touchdowns between two teams. I think that can happen. On the spread, we teased up the New Orleans Saints to plus seven and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. They looked great last week. Uh, The Saints played the Titans tough. I think their defense will keep this game pretty close. So even if they do lose, I don't think it'll be by more than a touchdown. So once again... Tennessee Titans on the money line, over 34.5 in the Ravens in the Bears game, and the Saints plus 7.5. That comes out to just under evens, so you got to like those odds. All right, guys, be responsible, have fun, uh, and enjoy your week.